Yes, indeed. You are now on the block with Southside Rabbi, and we are too excited because the first time that we are doing a live podcast with a live audience is to celebrate a man who really needs no introduction. But oh my gosh, hold on, but we're going to give him one. If we got to do it. He don't need an introduction, but we're going to give him one. one. We're going to give him Let one anyway. Let me tell you something. Brother, I'm talking you started. about a pastor that, hold on, man. <laughs> His mind is so sharp. Yes, 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 yes. Sometimes he cuts himself. He cuts himself in study. That's what I'm saying. When he's studying. He come to the stage with band-aids. Open in the book of Job. And just cuts, that's cuts right, himself. That's right, that's but right. this is the thing. Listen, I'm talking about a pastor that's going to break down the Hebrew and the Greek, but I want to stay on the Greek. Yes, yes. Right? Because he is Greek. He is Greek. Amen. And because he's Greek, he's one of the one of the most brilliant minds that we've ever seen. Absolutely. You're talking about the, he's coming from a, a background of some of the most brilliant, but they would say that he's the most brilliant. That's You're right. You're talking about the, the Plato's, the, the, the Socrates. The Aristotle's. The, the, the Aristotle's. And if you want to get, if you want to get mathematical, the Pythagoras. Oh, You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm talking about your favorite pastor's favorite pastor's That's right. favorite pastor. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. That's who this man is. That's what I'm talking about. We would like to take a moment and welcome to the podcast, mm-hmm. as Amin has already laid out for us so brilliantly, mm-hmm. your favorite pastor's favorite pastor's favorite pastor. The man has been in ministry since he was four years old. (laughs) He is now, get this, 87. But he looks like he's 27. Because the Spirit of God brings freedom and youth to his people. This is who he is. That's what it does. His face alone shines the glory of God. Oh, my gosh. This man... I am sorry that we have, we have downgraded by even trying to explain his greatness. Oh, I, I, to we, just speak of him <laughs> is to disrespect him. You just got to let him be. I Ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for Pastor Tommy. Hey. <laughs> you got it. Wow. Yes. yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Welcome amazing. to the block, Pastor Tommy. We are honored. We tried to search our encyclopedias for a better word than honored to say that we are truly blessed to have you in our lives oh, and to man. have you on this podcast. Yes, and yes. then for us to celebrate the release of your new book, Amen. Frames. Amen. One more time for the man, the myth, the legend, thank you, Pastor thank you, Tommy. Thank you. I'm telling you, man, when Pastor Tommy walks in into glory, <laughs> Moses is going to be like, I got your books on the bookshelf. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You read I got Genesis, unorthodox. I'm reading frames. I got frames. Amen. Amen. Man, that was the best intro yet, bro. <laughs> the, yes. the Greek names and stuff, man, y'all did yourself, bro. He, that's what he does. Oh, man. God bless you. I mean, 
So, Pastor, we are here to, uh, to spend some time taking a deep dive in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I was privileged with the opportunity to write the foreword, um, and everything that I have seen thus far, thus far has been impactful. It has been uh, um, uh, convicting. It has been sight giving and it has been perspective shifting mm-hmm. and I'm excited for the world to get this book in their hands. So Meansy, yeah. pop us off yes. with the first cue for the man. Yeah. So one of the things um, that I wanted to ask is, first of all, I have to state, you are someone who is one of the most adept people I know at being able to ex- examine what's going on in the culture and then ask, what is God saying to the culture? What is God saying to the people? Yeah. Um, You are someone that I think that me and KB, now that we try to do that with the podcast, we glean a lot of that from you, you, (laughs) what we've seen from you. Um, And so as you have been sitting down and looking at the culture, looking at what's going on, what made you look out into the culture and see or say to yourself that they needed a book like Frames? Mm. Yeah, well... I wish I could tell you, like, oh, man, this all happened during the pandemic. <laughs> Some of it did, definitely, because I just wrote it recently. Mm-hmm. But I got the inspiration for the book, actually, uh, a little over five years ago. And uh, I took my first sabbatical. Yeah. And so I'd heard about sabbaticals, but, you know, yeah. being in urban ministry at the time for over 20 years, I didn't know what a sabbatical was. I'm like, right. that's what the suburban pastors that's do. That's what they said. When do we, we get We, we got to be See, on the grind. They, yeah, that's what they, we, we that's what they get to do. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, my church leadership team, the church was getting a lot more stable and a stable place said, you need to take a break. Mm. Like, I was okay, but I, I was like, how's the long, how, what's the longest time you ever took off? I'm like, uh, about, about a week and a half, maybe two weeks. Yeah. Because you know? I don't think I've ever missed two Sundays in a row, right? Yeah. And so, uh, but anyways, they were like, you need to take a, a break. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Give, give me a couple weeks. Give me two Sundays. <laughs> Yes. And my executive pastor, shout out to, to Christopher Harris. He was like, nah, man, nah, sir, you, you need at least a month. Yeah. I'm like, a month? A whole month? Like, what am I going to do, what? What what do like? with myself? <laughs> what I'll, is that? I'll go crazy after two weeks. I'll just, I'll, I refresh quickly. I'm, all right, so anyways, they, they tricked me. You know, so eventually they said, uh, two weeks, three weeks? All right, I'll do three weeks. How about four weeks? Can you give me four weeks? <laughs> Might as well take four weeks because, you know, so they got me all the way up to five weeks. And they, they were trying to keep going. They would have given yeah. me off a year. I don't yeah. know what was going on. Anyways, yeah, yeah. so I took- And I a, actually came to see you on your sabbatical, I think. Me and my wife came over to the crib. Yeah. Pastor, Pastor Tommy was in there. He was knitting. I was like, you knit? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I, I just finished this sweater for you and your, your wife and working I, on it all week. I picked week. up some, some, some brand joking. new skills, bro. <laughs> I had time. I was like watching on YouTube. Anyways, <laughs> so on my sabbatical, I, I, went, uh, I wanted to go up to some of my childhood roots. I went up to Philly. And then I went to the Pocono Mountains. I was with my man Tone. You yes. guys know Tone. Shout out Shout to Tone. Out. That's a Tone. Tone Bruno. Yes, sir. And I went to get got a cabin in the Pocono Mountains. And so as I was there, there was no cell service. There was no Wi-Fi. There was nothing but me and my Bible and a journal and the Lord. I and, love it. You know, and I took hikes out in the woods. There was a little waterfall. And so that's why I was really like, God, I need some fresh perspective. Mm. And so that's when he really began to, to download really the framework for right. frames. And, um, and so, yeah, I was reading this book called Fresh, uh, Fresh Air. And like, there's just all this stuff on that trip that God was doing in me. And uh, was getting me ready for the season. Little did I know a pandemic was going to be coming uh. in the next couple of years wow. and all that stuff. Um, but on that trip, sometimes you got to take a break and 
unplug from everything else to get that fresh perspective. Yeah. And that's when God kind of deposited, like, I want you to write this book called Frames. And initially, I thought it was going to be called Lenses, mm-hmm. but it's really kind of hard to say and spell. And, you know, Frames is, is a lot <laughs> right, better. Right. God, yes. God gave me that a little farther in the journey. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. That's awesome, man. That. You know, what's, what's, um, what's powerful, Pastor, is when uh, I, I started to see the, the manuscript for the book and the title and stuff like that. This verse came to mind, uh, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 22. He says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? Mm-hmm. And what Jesus is communicating to us, similarly to like, we say, you know, you are what you eat, right? Like, you are the sum of what you are putting in your body. But in a biblical sense, you are what you see. Mm-hmm. And if your sight is off, if by the means by which you take in the world, understand reality, if that is broken, everything about you is broken. So there really isn't a more important message than what is the lenses or the frames, rather, that we are looking through to engage with this world. You are what you see. I also think about 1 John when the apostle says that when we see Christ, when we see him, this is the sight thing again. Mm -hmm. When you see him, you will in an instant be made like him. And the idea is that you are what you see, but if you're seeing correctly, you will become what you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're seeing the Lord Jesus, the clearer he becomes to you, the more transformed you become as a result. As you think about the culture, which again, as Amin and I have pointed out, this is one of the gifts that Pastor Tommy is to the Church of Jesus Christ, not just here in Tampa, but nationwide. People don't even realize, even at home, how much impact crossover has had on churches not in this nation and worldwide and right. how they think about what it means to engage with the culture. We started the event off with a, a panel of men mm-hmm. who uh, many of them were, were in, uh, locked up or deep in the streets or utterly lost, and it was through the ministry of Pastor Tommy and Crossover Church that rescued their very souls. And we have... Hundreds of stories of people scattered throughout Praise the God. city Amen. who've been rescued by just simple, faithful work. I, we mentioned before that uh, uh, in, in, in the last podcast we did with Pastor Tommy, I would not be here if it wasn't for Pastor T. Not only did he disciple me, but he's the one that, that teed up my opportunity to sign to reach records. Lecrae would not be Lecrae right. if it wasn't for Pastor Tommy connecting his album to Cross Movement. Mm-hmm. There is all these things. In fact, when we get to heaven, Pastor Tommy's going to have a mansion on a lake with a robe. <laughs> he's going to have a robe. <laughs> but anyway, right, I'm sorry. This is a, we need you to talk. <laughs> I point that out to say that the, the, the gift that God has given us in your ministry is displayed in your ability to, to as the sons of Issachar in the Old Testament, to look at the times and know what to do. Where would you say is one of the biggest areas in which the culture's frames are broken or off that we ought to pay close attention to and that we desperately need 
redemption and a spiritual optometrist. Ha <laughs> ha Don't get me started now. Come on. I was wondering if Pastor Show and you Go know. was going to come tonight. <laughs> I would love if he would make an appearance. He's, yes, he's coming. He might. He might, brother. <laughs> Slow your roll. Yeah, so um, me being a, a pastor and an artist at the same time, I think that's a unique combination. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, God's given me some of those, those talents and abilities. So that, that gives me kind of different frames that I look through at the culture and at, at you know, I try to put myself in other people's shoes regularly. And obviously the pandemic has exposed a lot. And the church in, in America, in the West, has been in a decline for a minute now. Mm. But, you know, anytime there's a crisis, it can be an accelerator to everything else that's going on. Wow. And so we've watched in the last two years um, thousands of churches that have closed their doors. Yeah. Right. You know, we've watched... Uh, countless believers like walk away from their faith yeah. and just get confused and all this talk about deconstruction, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality was the church before the pandemic was as a whole unhealthy in a lot Ooh, of ways. He's and, stepping and on some toes. It, it was unhealthy and we weren't, we weren't really trying to engage the culture. We were in our own little box in our own little world. We weren't thinking uh, in an outward way. Mm-hmm. And here at Crossover, we're not perfect at all, but we always try to think in an outward way about the community. What's the needs of the community? What's going on yeah. right now in the culture? Uh, what can we talk about? How can we connect those things with the gospel? How can we connect those things with scripture and with biblical principles? And so, you know, a lot of churches many times aren't thinking that way, unfortunately. Yeah. They're not thinking in an evangelistic way. And uh, that, that's one of my leanings and passions as well. I'm not just a passion artist. I'm like an evangelist at heart. Right. I love yeah. it. And yeah. I love outreach. I love, love our city. We talked about yes. that on the last podcast. Yes. And I think a lot of that's been missing from the church. It's been broken. And now I think the pandemic has exposed that even more Ooh. because a lot of the churches that are uh, struggling right now, a lot of them really weren't healthy from the beginning. And this is not, not I'm not trying to diss any churches yes, sir. Yes, sir. as a whole. I love the church. I've yeah. given my life to the local church. I believe it's the bride of Christ, right? Amen, brother. Um, but it's unhealthy in a lot of ways, and we can do better. I love it. We can do better because right around us outside, there's so many broken people. In the right. pandemic, people have lost people. Yeah. They've, they've lost their hopes. They've lost their motivation. They've lost dreams. They've lost their businesses. So many things have died. So the Lord gave us his word for this year at our church, 2022, and that's revive. Like, like we need to be revived yes, sir. In, in so many different ways because there's so much brokenness. And, and we have the answers as a church. Yeah. yeah but we're yeah. usually not good at, at packaging it. And, and not that God needs our help. Sure. But I think there's a lot of believers many times that when they do try to present the gospel or talk to people about their faith, they're not always, they're not always thinking it through. Sure, sure, sure. Like, like, what's the best way I can, like, as I build a relationship with someone, explain this and be prayerful about it versus, you know, let me just, let me just yell at you and just That's tell you right. the stuff that I know and you don't know. That's right. You know, and so I think the church as a whole just has to do better um, at saying, hey, man, we got to be very intentional about when we share the gospel, and, 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 and maybe we don't even share right away, but we meet needs, mm, and we mm. build bridges, and we build relationships, and then it organically and naturally begins to happen, and that's even like what we're about to do in the next few days, but love our city. Yeah. We're not knocking on people's doors and saying, hey, do you know about the gospel? Let me give you this, you know, yeah, yeah. a lot of other people knock on doors, and they messed it up for us. Anyways, yeah. so, <laughs> but if we show up with a bag of groceries, 
or a hot pizza or we have a gift card for them at, at the gas station, which yeah. they're especially like that right hey, now. the gas and station, gas man. Prices, right? We can win a lot of people from Jesus yes. by just doing gas cards, man. Yes. <laughs> but then that organic ministry begins to happen right there. Right. And, and there's divine moments that God begins to just, it just shows up and boom. I love it, man. That's mm-hmm. powerful. That's mm-hmm. powerful. I think that um, as you talk about organic ministry, <clears throat> I think about... Uh, one of the things that you talk about in the book as far as frames are concerned, and I think about frames as being a kind of metaphor for our faith. Are we going to be looking through the frames of fear? Are we going to be looking through the frames of faith? It's, it's the lenses by which we see the world. Do we see through the frames that God sees or through the frames that man sees? That's good. And I think that as we're going into ministry um, and as we're moving in our everyday lives, I think about um, the temptation to view things through pessimistic frames right um and you talk a little bit about that in the book i think about numbers 13 which you mentioned when moses is sending the 12 spies into the land of canaan they come back and they like yo fruit over there bussing it's tight it's dope But everybody over there look like WWE wrestlers, man. That's we don't right. know if we can take these boys. That's the Tarvis over there. That growing on the tree. Going there, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and, 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 you had, and you had those who had this pessimistic frame. You think about Caleb, who had the optimistic frame, like, let's go and take this land. God is with us. And you talk about how if we have these pessimistic frames, we can really miss out on the opportunity to watch God work in our lives. Come on, you said, Can you talk a little yeah. bit more about that? So good. Absolutely. That, that was the, the verse that kind of, that, that passage, it birthed the book. I was reading mm. in that passage and God was like giving that to me and like I was just taking all these notes as I was in that cabin on yeah. my sabbatical, right? And so if you think about it, like if you read that story, though, there was 12 spies. They all saw the same stuff. Uh. Right. But they came back and they had different stories. Ooh. They had different perspectives, different frames on. Yeah. And so 10 of them had the pessimistic negative frames on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two of them had the positive, optimistic God frames on. Like, no, we, we got this. God's with us, right? But who did the crowd side with? The, the majority. But, but I, I even think if there was just two of them that were negative and 10 were positive, I think the crowd might have still went with the negative people because sure. that, that's almost like our natural tendency. Yeah. Right. And so if you think about it, the Israelites, historians estimate there could have been like over 2 million of them, right? And so God said, listen, anybody that's over 20 years old now is not going to step foot into the promised land. So you think about it, because everybody put on these these pessimistic frames and joined in with the 10 negative spies, right? Over a million people missed out on the promised land. Come on. And out of that whole squad, only two people out of over a million, Joshua and Caleb, and if you look in the scripture, they were, they were in their 80s by the time they stepped foot into the promised land. Moses didn't even step foot in the promised right. land, right? right? And so it's just like that just jumped out to me so much. Like uh, those of you that are in the crowd here, those of you that are listening, like God will pop up big God opportunities at different points in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not careful, if you have on the wrong frames, if you have the wrong people around you mm-hmm. saying, oh, you can't do that, you can miss out on some of the most incredible on, opportunities sir. that God has for you. Don't miss it. That's powerful. That's powerful. I think um, the, the, the concept of frames is so important to me right now, especially in this season in my life. 
um, where I'm holding a few situations. I'm thinking about a brother in particular um, who has fallen in a pit. I mean, he's uh, some things have transpired and he has found himself in this really, really dark place. And it's reminded me about what the proverb says about friendships, that, that brothers and friends are there for the day of adversity. When it all goes down, Man. you need people that can be there with you. But you know what I find in the music industry a lot? is that when everything is cool, when you are killing it and you're the man, you're not thinking about the fact that you don't have people around you that actually know you. Mm. You got a lot of people around, around you that work for you. You got a lot of people around you that, that like you and want to take pictures with you. But you don't have a lot of people that are holding you. But it doesn't matter because success covers a multitude of sins. Mm. What we think is that as long as I'm successful, I don't need community. And I've seen artists live that out, and they get away with it up until something goes wrong. And now they're looking around, and they're like, where are all of the friends that were with me when I started and before I got known and stuff like that? Well, they've all left because, remember, you didn't, care about them anymore mm. you just cared about you and your success and what that does for us as a people is it allows us to live comfortably with our blind spots because no one is bothered by blind spots if they don't cause any problems in my life you know you get over in the lane you didn't look to see if someone was behind you but you didn't, you didn't hit nobody so you, you think you were fine but if there was something over there and you tried to get over and you didn't check your, your mirrors and you didn't see that blind spot, you would have hit it and could have possibly put yourself in a traumatic situation. Talk to us in a culture that is defined by people who are largely alone, friendless. It's largely defined by people who, here's another quick little thing too that I've, I've felt in, the, in my kind of, uh, relationships in, in, in my community is that oftentimes we are not doing the hard work of being well-versed or deepening the things that we're saying. So we like microwavable, hot pocket, hot takes. We want tweets. We want memes. We want quick little blips of truth that we can then repeat to other people and, or or. Or, or spar other people with, I don't know the answer right now, let me just Google real quick, da, 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 and then I can hit, hit back at you and sound like an expert, <laughs> even though I just know the terminology, but I know nothing about what I'm talking about. Yeah. What that means is that we become parrots. We can parrot things to other people, yeah. but they're not really deep inside of us. And if somebody begins to press on it, Ooh. someone starts saying, hey, yeah. mm -hmm. can you explain to me what you mean by that? We're mm -hmm. like, uh, not really. <laughs> We become comfortable with our blind spots. That's the point I'm making. Yeah. How do we deal with that, Pastor Tommy, yeah. in dealing with vision versus blind spots? Mm. I think you, you really set it up good for me because, you know, one of the chapters of the book I talk about success can be this thing that can cause our, our frames to get tainted. Yes. And, and the blinders to come on the most. Yes. But yet, hold on, though. We're all striving for success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all striving for more yeah. and greater. And, and not that that's bad, but along that journey, like 
there's all kinds of stuff that God still wants to do in us and through us, and there's this sanctification process, and there has to be, like you said, you hit it on the, on the nose, there's got to be community mm. going with you on that journey. Yeah. Because I've watched, me as well, being around the music industry um, all these years, and us, myself being an artist, and then us also, you know, running Flavor Fest and being in contact and have relationships with all these artists. And I've seen many artists over the years that became very successful. Yeah. And I watched to where, like, only a few people knew them. Yeah. And now millions of people know them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every single person that kind of went through that journey and that transformation, they struggled with it. Oh, yeah. They struggled with it. Yeah. Now, now some of them, um, they transitioned through it and ended up, like, they were, they were okay. They were good. Yeah. Now, others, like, man, some of them, they, they lost their families. Mm. They lost their marriages. Um, some of them um, aren't even rapping about Jesus anymore. They used sure. to rap and right. sing about Jesus. And right. now they don't even have a faith anymore Yeah. Mm -hmm. because on this journey to become successful, they got these blind spots that continue to grow bigger Ooh. and bigger and their frames got dirty and tainted. Yeah. And like you said, nobody was checking them on it really. Cause like, as long, well, well, they look like they're doing great. They look good to me. They got a lot of followers. Yep. You know, they, they're anointed. Right. We yeah, like yeah. to say that in the church too. Yeah, 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 Cause yeah. If, if you have talent, yeah. if you can sing, if you could play, if you can rap, if you could dance, like, Oh, they'll be all right. Yeah. Like, like, and we can just, just like gloss everything over. So I, I think a huge thing is, first of all, we need, we need community. Uh, we got to have accountability. Yeah. We got to have people that will speak into our life and where we give them permission and they'll ask us the hard questions and people that we can feel safe with Amen. to go Amen. And, and, and share those things. Like, yes. Hey, I just messed up. Yes. I got some brothers in the church that they'll text me sometimes at, at one o'clock in the morning, like, yeah. yo, Pastor T, I just boom, 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 boom. Yes. You know, because we have that, that bond and that openness and that relationship. And you got to have some people in your life that you can feel comfortable to go to and, and those people that will also check you and pour into you. Yeah. And accountability is not accountability if you're not telling the truth. That's oh, right. Because a lot of people, oh, Amen. I got an accountability partner. Amen. But then like they fell into sin or they were having an affair the last six months. Well, you have two accountability partners. Yeah. How did that come up? Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't What really happened there, guy? I didn't say anything. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I thought they were going to judge me. Like yeah. what? Like they make all kinds of excuses. Right, right. Right? But, but I think those are, those are key, key things because other, this is what I challenge everybody that's listening to the podcast right now. Everybody that's here live tonight. Ask some people around you that are close to you and ask them, what do you think my blind spots are? Ooh, mm. What a powerful question. Really you good. might be surprised really by good. the answers. Yes. Some of the things you might know, other things you might be like, wow. Man. I, you, you know what? You, wow. I didn't, thank you. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Like, ask some people, like, what are your blind spots? Another quick one, uh, a word of advice would be, like, inspect the things you avoid. Because mm. all of us, there's things, some things in our life we avoid. And sometimes it's just stuff we don't like to do. But maybe there's a root that's deeper to it. Why do you avoid this certain thing? Mm. Is, there, is there a weakness? Is there a blind spot in the middle of that? Another quick one would be, um, man, always like look back in hindsight and say, what's the lesson I can learn that's good. from this L that I took? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Or, or, or this thing that didn't, maybe it wasn't an L, but it didn't go exactly the way I thought. And a lot of times we're just moving 200 miles an hour. We're moving the next thing, the next thing. And we don't pause to say, wait a minute, can I learn from that? Yes, Was yes. there one of my blind spots that caused that to happen? Right. So I want to make sure that doesn't happen again in a month or a year or in 10 years. Mm, that's powerful. That's good. That's, that's powerful. good. 
I think about, um, speaking of blind spots, um, I think that we're in a unique position as a church being in the United States of America, um, living in a country that is full of so many resources. Um, I think that sometimes we can be blind to how many, how much resource we actually do have yeah. in the yeah. nation, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and I think about how the population in the United States is about roughly 4% of the world's population, yet we produce about 40% of the world's millionaires. Really? That's how much resource we have wow. in the nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think about that because... I'm think, a millionaire. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, right. If you would have said that, I that would have been great. I think about that I because about I'm that rich. Because go, I'm, go ahead. Because my millions, <laughs> I, I just don't know what I should do with them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, that's one. That's a dollar one million times. Uh, yeah. So I. Um, it's this Southside Rabbi, baby. Uh, <laughs> you check your bank out because I don't. But um, so. I think about all of the resource that we have in this country um, and how sometimes we can be blind to how much privilege we have being yeah. Americans, right? Yeah. And I think about greed. Mm. We were just talking about how, you know, Amazon was tying up some paper, right, for these Ooh. books so they can, they can get some more money. <laughs> um, but we talk about greed, and I think that the thing is, when we usually think about greed, we think about the rich exploiting the poor. Yeah. Right. So we always think about greed in the sense of it's the rich at the top, the poor at the bottom and the rich is doing everything they can to oppress and exploit the poor. And that happens. We see mm -hmm. that the Bible addresses that in scripture, that those type of things do happen. And that's the kind of ways that we think about greed. Some of us who come from the background that we come from in Southside St. Pete background, you, you come from in Philly. Well, we really didn't have two dimes to rub together. We think, yeah. how can I be greedy? Right? I don't have nothing. How can I be greedy? I don't have nothing to be greedy, greedy with. Greedy with what? Yep. Greedy with what? <laughs> right? Um, and I think about how we think about greed in the sense of the rich and how much we either have that we want to hold on to and, you know, we don't want to sacrifice. But I also think about from us, from the urban context, how we have a scarcity mindset. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So coming from nothing, you hold tightly everything you have because you've never had nothing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Could you talk to us about greed? Because we think about yeah. greed as about how much we have. And you, we, we see that scripture, as you said, it doesn't really talk about greed always and how much you have, but how much has you. Yeah. Right? Woo! So, that's what on. you say in the book. So, could you talk to us about the difference between having greedy frames and generous frames? Yeah, that's good, that's good man. Like, like the, the scarcity mindset is real for a lot of us probably in this room uh -huh. and listening on the podcast right now, like, like if you ever struggled in your life and then it got better, you can always be scared. It could go back to the struggle. Back, yeah, right. yeah, man. Like any minute now. Right. It yes. could, you know, and uh, it talks about it in, uh, in Timothy where it says um, those rich people, right, <laughs> who trust and put all their uh, dependency on their money. Right. right. And so right. when we read stuff like that, we're like, yup, them rich people. Yep. And the, people that see, are way uh, up there. See? You know what I'm saying? The Amazons, all the yeah, guys, yeah, right? right? Yeah. Eat the uh, rich. We gotta but, get rid of them. But the reality is if you're listening to this podcast, if you're sitting in this room right now, that's you. Mm -hmm. That's me. Yep. We are rich. Mm. 
We're like, oh, 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 oh you, you spiritually rich. No, no. I, I'm talking about <laughs> rich in God. Your gold is on the inside yeah. where the spirit resides. Bust come down, come bust on. down of the soul. <laughs> I had to bring them out. I, had to bring, I brought them out a little bit. Yeah. So, but the reality is, no, I'm talking about like real deal cash money, like rich. Right. Like globally, if you're here, if you're listening to this, you have resources that the majority of other people on this planet do not have. Mm, mm, that's they true. They can't listen to a podcast yeah. yes. on Wi-Fi, right? On a, on, a, on a device that you have with a screen. Like, there's so many people in the billions of people in the world that don't even have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we look at a scripture like that, it's talking to us. Yes. And then it goes on a little after that, and it says, make sure that you do good with what you have. Like, so... So, man, but we get this scarcity mindset and we think, I'm not rich. I feel broke. Right. Uh. Like, you know, and, and so, you know, I shared this a couple of weeks ago. A lot of times we're like, man, it, it, we have these goals, right? Like, mm-hmm. like man, if I was able to make $50,000 a year, I'd be straight. Right? I wouldn't need nothing else. I'd be generous. I'd be giving up. And you're making $75,000 a year now and you feel broker than before. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it ain't just inflation. Right? Some people are like, oh, what a gas price. It, it ain't that well, you much, know, right? Well, brother, sometimes you are inflating. <laughs> That's what's happening. But see, the reality is as, as you get more resources in your life, um, your taste goes up. Mm-hmm. Your lifestyle goes yeah. up. Your yeah. toys go up. And not that all that's necessarily bad. Sure. But as that stuff rises, your generosity should rise even higher than that. Amen. Yes. And you should realize, like, man, God is the giver of all good gifts. Yeah. And so I don't have to be worried. Like, maybe I didn't have as much before, and now I have more. Like, I don't have to hold on. Man, be open-handed. Mm-hmm. Be open-handed. You only get to hold it for a little, yeah. a little while. You can't take none of this with you. Right. And God doesn't want any of us to be a reservoir. He wants us to be like a conduit, like a pipeline. Right. As he gives us resources yeah. that we can use it and enjoy it, but it flows That's through so us to bless other people. And so a couple years ago, we did a series here, and we called it Give multiply, grow, repeat, mm-hmm. right? And so the scarcity mindset is God supplies and, and we consume and then we lack because we consumed all of it. Right. We didn't give any right. of it. We just consumed it and then we fear and then we repeat, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And, and, and we just, the, the generosity mindset, uh, that's different. And it says, no, God supplies First, what I'm going to do, I'm going to be generous. I'm going right. to realize this is all God's anyways. Right. So I'm going to give. And then we watch God just multiply, supernaturally mm-hmm. does stuff, right? right. Mm-hmm. And, and then we grow from that. We're like, wow, look at what God just did. Yeah. He took care of me. Like, like wow. Right. And then we repeat that. And then we can live in that generous mindset. And we can have those frames on that we don't have to be greedy. We don't have to have this scarcity mentality. We still have to be careful with our money. We have to manage right. all of it, Right. Um, but you can enjoy some of it and, and share it and give and realize, like, man, God's given me these resources um, to further his kingdom and help other people. And someday we're all going to have to stand before God's throne and we're going to have to be accountable for what we were given, what we were blessed with, and what we did with it. Right. Yeah. And how did that make eternal impact? And so, like, those of us that are listening again and those of us that are in this room, like, we're, it's going to be a lot more weighty, that conversation, that judgment for us because we were given a lot more. And the Bible says where much is given, much is much required. Is required. Amen. It's, I, it's, it's funny that when you say that because it feels like 
we think about giving is like a numbers games to God, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. about in Luke 21 when the widow gives, the, the Bible says that the rich are putting all of their yep. money into the treasury and the widow yep. gives her two pennies. Yes. And God says she gave more than all of them. I love it. Because they gave out of their abundance. Ooh. She gave out of her poverty. Yes. And, and that little $100 they were dropping off was like dropping off 10 cents. It wasn't really nothing, yeah. right? right? And I also think about what you said, Pastor T, about talking about uh how we in especially in america we literally are all of us it doesn't feel like it because america is good at making us not feel like it but all of us are like all of us are like solomon yeah when you think about it you look into scripture and you say man solomon had all of this money and he he had all of this wisdom but he had all of these resources and this is the thing we can go to jerk hut right now and have someone cook us food right now right now Right. Or you can go you can go all over the city and get any kind of dining you want. You want Vietnamese, you want Chinese, you want you want the, the bandeja paisa at the Colombian spot. You want, yeah. you know, Yay. you can you we can literally choose from all of these different restaurants. Right, right, right. If yeah. Solomon were to come into most of our homes right now, he would say, oh, my gosh. Yeah. What is wow. this flat screen device that you have where you can just <laughs> right. stream stuff? Yeah. You mean you don't have a horse you can get to a uh, you can travel five miles in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So when you really think about the kind of resources we have, yeah. we are all in a very real sense like Solomon. Right. Right. We right. have Solomon like resources. That's right. Yeah. That's and, good. And, and God does hold us accountable, like you said, for how we use those things and how we get powerful. Yeah. So that's powerful. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, one of the chapters in, in the book talks about uh, how God sees things versus how <laughs> men typically see things. That example right. of this, this poor lady giving, uh, you know, pennies mm-hmm. into God it counting more than the guy who, who put in hundreds of dollars or whatever it may be. Yeah. It does remind me of um, a uh, phenomenon uh, that I have observed on the south side uh, of St. Petersburg when two dudes get into a conflict. Um, I've, uh, I've seen this almost in every single fight that I have watched in the streets, uh, and I've experienced it in almost every conflict that I've been a part of back in my, my BC days. Well, I still do a lot of fighting today, but it's in the ring, right? right. Me and I mean both are, are, are fighters. One of the things that you'll hear people say when they get offended and it's about to go there is, do you know who I am? Do you know where I'm from? Yep. They start chanting blocks and, yep. and places they've been. You better ask somebody. You know, that, you know, you, you, uh, oh, you better ask about me right here. Boy. Uh, yeah. like, hey, I put some I ain't one of them. I ain't one of them kind of dudes. I ain't your mama. You know what I'm saying? They start to try to educate you on who they are. And if I could just pause that for a second and contrast it to a boxing gym where people are actually fighters. Yeah. Where you, you really might want to know who they are before you get in there with. How many <laughs> yeah. fights you got, big dog? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> are we doing light sparring right now? Or are we going hard? Because I got to go to work tomorrow. That, so where it might be actually. <laughs> I might have to call in. That's right. But all that huffing and puffing and taking your shirt off and, yep. and, 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 and the grit. All of that stuff is absent in a boxing gym. And yep. you'll have a dude there with his glasses on, uh, take his glasses off, but the dude got 20 fights, and he'll get in there and beat up anybody that you put in that ring. He may not look tough. He may not look intimidating. You think about Canelo Alvarez. You know, you're like, this guy on the street, you think, I could probably do something with this dude. Nah, you can't. <laughs> because in the ring, in true fighting, it really doesn't matter who you are. 
What it matters is who I am. I know what I, the kind of work that I've put in. I know the kind of training I've done. I know the kind of experience I have. You can't intimidate me by the way you come off to me. What is going to matter in the end is what is with me, what mm, is in me, and who I trust. Mm-hmm. And as I think about that in relationship to walking with God, God's most prominent command throughout the entire Bible is fear not. Amen. Fear, yeah. fear, fear not what, Lord? Specifically, don't be afraid of people. And he says in the, in the, uh, the, the scripture says in the prophets, do not fear men and their faces. That to be afraid of humans, to be fearful when God is in your corner is disrespectful. Right. Yeah. It's disrespectful. Yeah. Right. Right. You know who you are? I trained you for this. I'm yes. with you. I'm animating your actions. I'm calling out the punches. Do you know yeah. what is with you? It doesn't make sense for you to be intimidated to this guy on the other end, huffing and puffing. You know who I am, where I've been, how long I did. It, 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 who, it doesn't matter who you are. I know who I am. And I think that, that the, the, the idea, and I love that this chapter is smack dab in the middle of the book, that what we in the, the discipline that we want to pull from this entire work is how do we see things through God's vision, who, as you say in the book, when we don't see through things through God's visions, giants that are small to God become yeah. big to us. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Can you talk to us a little bit more about the importance of having a God vision versus a human vision? When you're looking at it through the human frames, it's like, it's like the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. It, it, the depth is not correct. You know, objects can look larger than Ooh. they really are, all that stuff. And it's like, Man. when you're looking through human frames, fear can take over. And yeah. I've watched the last couple of years, uh, fear take over so many people. Mm. Mm. And, and they were just terrified over so many different things. Right. And the news was saying a lot of scary stuff. Right, right. right. But if we look at it through human frames and we can get pessimistic and all the other things we t- talked about that kind of ties right in with it, uh, man, we can quickly get fearful and think like, man, these giants, like I could never, I could never defeat this. I could never overcome this addiction I have. Yeah. Mm. I could never, um, you know, finish college. Nobody in my family ever did that. I mean, I'm just from here. I mean, look at, you know, and we can start to look at all these natural things through human eyes and then also, like, you know, in the, in the book, and it mentions many parts of scriptures where people in the Bible look at, you know, others through a human view, mm-hmm. a human point of view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And so then we also miss the potential in our brothers and our right, sisters right. that are around us when we have on those optimistic frames. Because, man, there's a lot of people that walk into the doors of this church that, man, through human eyes... Man, they're, they're, they're pretty broken. Uh. They're pretty busted up. It doesn't look like, man, like, I don't know what God could do. It. But, you know, I always try to say, man, God, what do you have for that person? Come on. I want to see them through your eyes, Come on. through your frames. And so, like you talked earlier, like we had this panel, this panel before we officially started the podcast tonight. And there were several brothers up on this panel that if you would have seen them years ago, you easily could have looked through human frames and been like, oh, man, they just... It's- they're just a menace to society. They're just, you know, they're never going to mount anything. And now today, you know, they're husbands, they're fathers, they, they have jobs, they're, they're artists, they're responsible, they're discipling other men. Like, like there's I so much it. gifts and talents and potential in them mm. 
because not just me, but there was lots of other men and other people in, in their circle and in their community, in their corner, yeah. right? Give, giving some boxing analogies, right? <laughs> that, that were like their cornermen uh, were fighting for them and believing in them and training them and looking at them through God lenses, through God frames, um, not just through the human frames Love and saying, it. man, this is a broken person. But no, nah, man, look at the potential. I see, I see this little thing in you, and, there, and there's so much more. And so, you know, even back in the day, yeah. you know, looking at you brothers, you know, I've known you guys man. since you were teenagers. Yeah. And seeing yeah. the potential that you guys had, like you, the leadership abilities. You had everybody followed you, Kay. Mm. Like everybody wanted to be like KB. They wanted to just listen. And you didn't even see it a lot of times. Mm. And then, I mean, on the other hand, like we talked about this earlier, like, you know, you had this gift to teach, and you would just you would start teaching on the patio mm-hmm. at the old campus. Oh, yeah. yeah, you boy. would just a, a circle of people would gather around you. You would start breaking down some text or something you were talking about, and it was just obvious you had this gift to teach. But at first, you were like, yeah, you know, I, I know I can break stuff down, but oh, I get the opportunity to teach. And I, I think you were teaching that class when you were only probably like what twenty years old. Yeah, and I a think lot, so. I a think lot, so. A lot of churches would not let a twenty year old like teach people that were double their age, yeah. True. you yeah. know, but That's we were like, true. nah, man, we see this potential. You have this gift, learning all this stuff, and you're passionate for Christ. And so uh, if there is more leaders out there and just more people that would have those God frames on as you're looking at other people around you, give them chances, mm. give them opportunities. And might, they might fall, they might fail a little bit. But that's where you like, they learn from that. And you pick them up and you keep discipling them and training them. And they could grow up to, to be world changers, y'all. I love it. Mm. Like you guys are. That's good, man. That's good. Pastor Tommy, as we, we begin to kind of uh, make our, our initial, if not final, descent on, on the podcast, can we talk a little bit about the book? And the masterclass package, which I have beautifully presented sure. in amazing. front of me right here. Uh, can you walk <laughs> us through a little? Oh, it's a check for hundred thousand dollars in oh, here. See, <laughs> man, look oh, at that, man. Was about. <laughs> look at them resources. <laughs> this is dope. The packaging is ill, per usual. There is a gift card in here. Oh. Praise God. <laughs> um, and uh, I love you, man. The, the 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 book frames, which. Is uh, by the time this class, this 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 uh, podcast is out, you will be able to you can purchase this everywhere. We we particularly want to push you to the website though, which will be in the description but below. Um, and if you could just talk to us a little bit yeah. about the book, the masterclass, and just some of the ways you've, in my opinion, geniusly set this up for us to be edified. Yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, I think one of my gifts that God's given me is as a creative, I love to connect people, right? And then another gift is uh, is just I love dope artwork, right? right. And yes. I love packaging, and I love to kind of think outside of the box. I'm, I'm an entrepreneur at heart mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. And so, you know, thinking about n- not, not everybody reads, right? Right. Um, but they, you know, maybe will get a book. Oh, look, y'all got the frames on. Look you know, yeah, you know. Look the proper frames, though. Real cool. You I know got, what I'm saying? I got you the <laughs> biblical frames. <laughs> you know I got saying? you the blue ones. Yeah, Thank I mean. You. And I got you the translucent charcoal gray ones oh, there, brother. Yeah. See, it feels it. like me, too. I like so, that. Uh-huh. So, but anyways, I, I just, um, as I wrote the book, I said, man, I, I want to package this in a way that will be artistic and attractive and will make people want to, like, dive into it. And so we created like a box kit, so a custom full color printed on box with all the graphics on it. Uh, but then on top of that, it's called frames. So 
put a pair of frames inside, and that's the guys are wearing them right now. So uh, dope. I got a brand called Eternal, and I, I lost my parents in 2017, both of them in the same year. And the thing that really held me was that eternal perspective. I love it. And so through that, I, I launched this brand called Eternal. And um, so, yeah, so the sunglasses have that eternal to graffiti tag on there. That's, my, that's actually my handwritten tag. So there's a pair of sunglasses in there. But I know not everybody reads or is going to read the whole thing. Um, so there's the, there's the video aspect of it as well. There's a video masterclass that's tied in with it. And so if you, get, if you purchase the book, uh, you get the master class for free. Separately, if you want to get the master class, you, you have to pay for it. But it's free. It's included like with a purchase of the book. And so you get all those things. And there's even a surprise CD in there as well. I love it. I'm yes. not going to tell you, but a vintage, a vintage Reach Records CD. Yes, indeed. Is, an is important in album, box. too. Yes. It is. It is. Yeah. So, but anyways, I, I just wanted to package that all together for it to be an experience. And so if you guys are familiar, we're, we're going to be making an NFT of the book as well. Oh, I love and it. NFTs, if you know what they are, look it up if you don't Google it. NFTs, a lot of times, they have um, real-world utility to them, mm -hmm. and so there's other things. So it's not just this piece of digital artwork that you have, but it might also be like coaching. It might also be like a, a VIP pass to this person when they're speaking somewhere mm -hmm. or whatever. So there's all these other things. So I kind of thought about this almost like an NFT. There's all these like aspects to it. It's value. You're yes. going to immerse yourself in frames um, you're going to wear the sunglasses, you have got the box, you're reading the book, you're going to go through the master class and watch the videos, there's a discussion guide, you're going to talk about it with other people. So I really like, when I do a project, like man, I put my whole heart into it. Mm -hmm. God bless my wife, y'all, because like I'm like, um, my wife Lucy, shout, shout out, out to her. To Lucy. Shout out to Lucy. I love her. My daughters as well, because I'll be spending a lot of hours just in my office at home, typing and just praying and working and kind of like tweaking and editing and, and rethinking. And so this didn't all come like at one drop, but little by little, God gave me all of this. And so it is on Amazon, but if you get it from translationleadership.com, translation mm -hmm. with a Z, you know how we do, we hip hop. <laughs> you know uh, that's where the you culture. get the, like the full box. You can't get the box on Amazon. They're not going to do the box thing for us. So, but if you do it through us, like you get all, all the goodies with it. I love it. There's mm -hmm. a QR code in on, on chapters yeah so as you kind of mm -hmm. thumb through the book mm -hmm. is that that's what ties in with the the master class the master class yeah gotcha. and there's also Which some is genius there's also man. a couple videos in there that i'm describing so for instance like both you guys were here with us uh in the summer of 2020 when we had all the violence and looting that took place right here on this street that right. this church yes. is on right. on uh -huh. fowler avenue was the epicenter of all that craziness that happened uh, we did a pr big prayer walk, a city-wide yes. prayer walk. Yeah, and me and were, amazing. We, we were, yeah, were there. You guys yeah. came, and so I, that, that's mentioned actually in the book. And then so to put visuals to it, there's a QR code there, and watch the highlight video wow. uh, from my guy uh, Tim Moore. I think he's here tonight. Shout out to Diamond View, View Studios. Uh, they're right here in our district, in our neighborhood as well. And they, uh, they put that, that video together. It's kind of just beautifully showed that moment where our city came together and to you know, pray for ra racial reconciliation and justice Amen. and peace. Oh, I love Amen. it. Amen. I love it. Amen. Brothers and sisters, 
We are proudly sponsored by our good friends CSB. Uh, if you don't know about CSB, it is a contemporary version of the scripture that is so incredibly readable. In fact, it is the version that we use at our church. It's yes. kind of the official version that we recommend to mm-hmm. folks. Much love to the other versions as well, but we are very much grateful for our partnership with CSB. Check them out. God bless you. And we also want to give a shout out to Samaritan Ministries, a Christian approach to healthcare that has served a lot of people in our community, and we want to recommend them to you as well. You can go to their website, SamaritanMinistries.org slash Southside Rabbi for more information there. This has been Southside Rabbi with our dear pastor, friend, mentor, Amen. and world-changing pastor, Tommy Colonin. Let's make some noise for him one time. Frames is out everywhere. Get that in your life. My name is K to the second letter. I mean the dream. And we are out. Your frames can change the game. We can be in the same exact place and not see the same. Because some of you rock frames that are pessimistic. You analyze every single negative statistic, despise the dreamers as unrealistic, and big God opportunities show up and you missed it. But I love those that are optimistic, that could see our hood in Tampa and envision an innovation district, helping people that are misfits find the God-given purpose of their existence. But some have blind frames. They just can't see it. Their blind spots have them thinking crypto isn't real, so they stick with traditional fiat. So be it. Now, life can cause our frames to get tainted. The pandemic caused some believers in Christ that fainted away in fear and fainted away in their faith. See, our human frames cause us to stay in a place that feels safe, even if it isn't. But put on a pair of God frames, it's so exquisite. It'll turn your greed into generosity. It'll flip your frames and your philosophy, and your fear will fade. And you can confidently say, God's got me. Your frames can turn grateful. You can look at your neighbor and love them even if they're hateful. Throw a block party, cook out, bring them a plateful. I promise your lustful frames can get pure. Your creator's got a cure. He can rewire your whole brain contour. This next season could be your greatest encore. So it's all about your frames. Flip yours and change the game. Frames.